0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Climbing Fierce podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping devoted Christ followers on the higher journey as they climb towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. This podcast is built around the idea that life's not just a journey, but rather a purposeful climb to sovereign heights. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dr. Claudia Dempsey. We welcome you to journey alongside us as we explore common hangups, setbacks, and growth points on the journey of life, as well as some key strategies and resources so we can collaboratively climb together to reach new heights. This is Climbing Fierce. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Climbing Fierce. On today's show, we're going to be talking about intentionality. But before we begin, I want to be intentional to give a huge (laughs) shout out to one of our team members, Taylor Murray, who is behind the scenes, but makes this podcast happen every single week. She's the magical creator of our website, and she does so much more. We're so grateful to Taylor. So Taylor, we love you and thank you. Absolutely. So yes, we're going to be talking about intentionality today and more particularly what it looks like when we tackle life without intention. Well-known speaker, writer, and leadership consultant, John Maxwell, is noted for saying, most people want to hear or tell a good story, but they don't realize they should be the good story. That requires intentional living. Many of us are not yet able to share our life stories because we have not fully harnessed the power of that intentional living. So here's the question for all of us today. Are we living with full and channeled intention so that our lives are telling their full story? And if not, why not? But first, before we jump into our content, I have a question for you, Claudia. <laughs> as we consider the topic of intentionality, I can't help but think of the way people approach certain seasons or aspects of their lives. Uh, and as the senior voice of the show, oh my word. <laughs> I originally thought about asking uh, if you have reached that season in life when your intention intentionality intentionally when I'm intentionally doing something <laughs> yes intentionally pursuing um things that are on your bucket list okay. so that intentionality piece but instead of that because I'm sure that you've completed some this of those is going somewhere bad <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um I would love to know what are on your anti-bucket list like what would you just never in a million years never, ever ever say. Or if you were paid a million dollars, you still would say, still No. Know. I just I just can't do it. Okay. What are those things that you would intentionally maybe avoid your anti bucket list items? Um, you know, it's f- so funny you
1: ask. I probably have more items on my anti bucket list than I do my bucket list. So, okay, this should be pretty easy. Um, Off the top of my head, here are a few things that just jump out immediately. So first, Mm -hmm. I am never jumping out of or from a perfectly safe location or mode of transportation. We're talking skydiving, bungee jumping, hang gliding, (laughs) like never, never, ever. Why somebody would want to choose to hurl their body from a secure location (laughs) in pursuit of some kind of unknown landing? No, not going to happen. So that's number one. Second. Um, any sort of survivalist expedition, I'm thinking of that show alone, or I even saw it at a family member's house one time, naked and afraid, which (laughs) sounds in title far worse than it is. But, um, yeah, so anything that involves me leaving the comfort of home to go fight the elements, um, harsh terrain or to like make myself hungry on purpose. Um, no, so, uh, that's another one. And I guess the last one. I, I like have a fear of this sailing around the world. I I think I'd be terrified. I saw Captain Phillips that never. I'm never going <laughs> to happen. So there's our three on the top of my. How about you? Any way, Any of these like no
0: way Jose items for I'm you? I'm just imagining you as like a train hopper. <laughs> oh my god, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Eating bugs and like <laughs> never, never, ever. Um. Yeah. On my anti bucket list, uh, I don't think that there's too many things, and maybe. You know, my mom actually would say this that my mom was in the Air Force, uh, and when she was probably five years in, she got to fly in a fighter jet. And she's reflected on that and she said, I would never do that now, ever. Like you couldn't pay me to right. get in that fighter yeah. jet. And so maybe you're just wiser than I yeah. am and have more life experience <laughs> and no things go list. wrong. <laughs> um, I think the biggest one is I would hate to eat any type Ooh. of like really gnarly bug mm-hmm. um like yeah, the I'm early seasons of survivor I just right. I, yeah. I'm gonna have to pass yeah on I'm that. with you there I think I have too strong of a gag reflex or maybe this is the pregnancy talking in me that, that just sounds <laughs> so happen. unbelievably disgusting you couldn't pay me to do it um, okay, so we are talking about living without intention today, um, and in that, really being adrift, which I know is in our title. Uh, so I think the question really for all of us to wrestle with today is whether or not we're living with full and channeled intentions so that our lives are telling their full story. So if that's not the case, we really need to take a step back and ask ourselves, why not? Right. Yeah, Hannah, I mean, I'm so glad we're talking
1: about this, because this really is such a critical topic. You know, I've studied ministry and leadership for a few decades now. That actually sounds really bad to say, but a few decades. And this topic has come up over and over again for those who really want to live purposeful lives. And it's with good reason, because here's the reality. We don't accident, accidentally or haphazardly arrive at excellence or purpose or maturity These are things we have to strive toward because in the grand scheme of life, there's this really subtle yet profound truth. The key to unlocking our potential and stepping into the fullness of God involves intentionality or what we could call the art of living with purpose. Um, And you know, the word intention actually means being on purpose or living according to a plan. And having observed those who have lived without intention Versus those who do live with intention, I can tell you this. One sows for a harvest of increase, while the other usually lives in barren fields marked by apathy, the sense of stuckness, or even just this kind of, you're you're just driven toward instant gratification.
0: Hmm. Yeah, as a mom of a toddler, I resonate with a lot of that. Because truthfully, if I left Lucy to her own devices, she would be covered in... It would be buffalo, uh, thin pretzels, like the powder that's on those. Yes. Her uh, brown bear, brown bear shirt, (laughs) it is white. It would be covered in that like hot orange color because she would have eaten a lot of Mm -hmm. it. That's crazy. um, Probably to the point of her being very sick. Um, And so it's funny as you become a parent how uh, a lot of the parallels of parenting transfer over into leadership and even your own life and your lifestyle. Um, so, you know, when I think about how I have to impose some structure and guidance with Lucy, um, I know that as I have matured, I've realized that that totally parallels into my own life. So, you know, I've had to have the same constructive growth and intentionality, um, for myself in my own lifestyle. And it's really fitting that we're talking about climbing higher and climbing fierce in these podcasts um, because, like you said earlier, Claudia, that's not going to happen without intention. Um, You know, no one climbs to great heights without a ton of effort. Uh, Nobody climbs to the tippy top of famous mountains because they're just feeling good one day and decide to do it. Right. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of intentionality. So... We want to embrace what we like to call the power of intention because we know that with the absence of intention, it's going to foster a posture posture of drifting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this seems even more pertinent in a day and age like where we are today because there's so many factors that can detract us from intentionality. And we've gotta really be intentional that we're fueling those patterns that will drive our lives. And this really matters because intentionality, especially if we're looking from a broad perspective, it, it becomes this compass that guides our way. And even in a smaller, granular day-to-day moments of life, it's like a light that directs our steps because here's an inescapable truth. You just can't get around this. We don't rise to the level of our good intentions or even our goals we fall and generally live at the level of our ability to walk those out. That's mm. just the truth.
0: Mm. That's wildly true. So now we want to transition and look at um, what happens when we're not able to lock in on purposeful, intentional living. Uh, I think a word that we could use is when we live haphazardly. Mm. So I think we could summarize it in two words. One is waste. And waver. Mm. So the first is waste and then waver. We waste our time, we waste money and opportunity, we fall short of our potential. Um, we tend to waver. Sometimes we get stuck, and that uh, can lead us to become distracted and we waver from our purpose. Um, you know, we can veer off course, or sometimes we're just resigned to underperforming. And it's like we said earlier, it's like you're climbing halfway up that mountain. Um, you're just like, yeah, this is, this is good enough for me. I'm just gonna, yeah. gonna enjoy the view from here. Um, or maybe we're deterred by every speed bump or detour or pothole or traffic jam on the road of life. Um, I think, simply put, we really just are adrift and we can either drift or we can drive. So I don't know about you, Claudia, but I don't want to drift. I would much rather drive. I want to be in that cockpit, right? Mm, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, this topic, like all of the other topics that we've covered so far, is a sound principle for successful living. But I hope you know at this point that our purpose here is is to do much more than just pursue momentary success. We've got a higher purpose, a cause that requires a lot of diligence and the pursuit of intentionality.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is so critical because we're not simply talking about some good life strategies, although there's no denying the everyday impact of the things we are talking about, but there really is so much more to this. And as we've discussed in prior episodes, we're compelled by this revelation 19 imagery, which lays out this incredible heavenly scene of a great multitude that's surrounding the throne of God. And here they are, they're shouting praises to the triumphant King. And as this amazing scene unfolds, we see those around the throne falling down in worship. And then there's this sense as they look over and they see the bride is ready. And there's this this praise and recognition that the bride is ready. She has made herself ready for the King. And I mean, you you parallel that to that Matthew 25 passage where you see there's a wedding coming and the, the bridesmaids don't get ready. They have this time of preparation and they don't do what they need to, Mm -hmm. and then what happens? They miss out on the fullness of God's provision. I don't want to miss out, and I want those
0: that I'm working with or serving
1: alongside, I don't want them to miss out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really sobering. Um, I'm sure that it could be said of us at times, um, you know, when we fall short and when we aren't applying ourselves with diligence, um, I can think about for myself as life Ebbs and flows, and we go through seasons of uh, what I'm going to call fullness. I try not to say the word busy, but you know, just the ebbs and flows of life as you have certain demands that you do or don't have in other seasons. Um, it's easy to get distracted or lured off track by something that is appealing or um, might even be gratifying in the moment. Um, even just the regular pace of life and not having a second. Um, uh, maybe to take a step back and evaluate how things are going and asking ourselves, are we being diligent? So it's really sobering to hear about the bridesmaids. I don't want to be mm, those bridesmaids. Right. I want to be really ready to go. my hair's done my makeup's on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's obviously not what they mean but um so I think at this point you know as a listener that The idea of intentionality is so important. I think we've given you a lot of reasons to think so. Um, And so because that is true, we have to then ask ourselves, what are our intentions? Like, are, are our intentions the full weight of what we should bank everything on? I'm going to answer that. I don't think that's the case. Good intentions really are not going to guarantee good outcomes. Good intentions can be as unhelpful as staring at an ATM and just wishing that money will start flowing out of it quickly, whatever your bills are. I mean, how just, nice would that be, right? Oh, it would be great. It's just yeah. not reality. Yeah, not a reality at all. Um, you know, I can have good intentions to do something well, but if I get in the moment and lose my cool, then what really matters is that I lost my cool. Not mm-hmm. what I thought, not what I intended to do, yeah. um, but, you know, what my actions were. So, Claudia, I don't know if you've heard about this new term, um, but it's a term called goblin mode.
1: No. heard about this? No.
0: Okay. So, uh, recently I learned that the... Tw- Uh, 2022 Oxford word of the year was goblin mode. I personally had no idea that this was a thing, but apparently this term refers to a type of behavior defined as excessively indulgent, lazy, careless, or messy. And this word is a product of the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. As all of these traits that seem, um, maybe a little detestable to us really came to surface Mm. and become more frequent, um, and escalate. So, For myself, as I am thinking about goblin mode and how sometimes goblin mode is activated in my own life, um, it has made me question, are there ways that this global trend towards laziness and apathy, has it impacted me in a way that I haven't even realized? And if so, how do I really start to step up my intentionality game? And I think Claudia might have some wisdom for us on that. Well, yeah, I think. I think it's clear it's impacted everybody. And and the
1: truth is that what's going on in culture is going to always impact us to some degree. We can't be in the middle of a cultural environment and think we're going to be immune to what's going on. So there are some things we can do. So first, again, I, I hope this doesn't sound like a broken record. We're going to always start with prayer and scripture. Mm-hmm. I always think back to that passage, unless the Lord builds the house, everything we do is going to be in mm-hmm. vain. So with the start of something like this, if you look at your life and you're like, yeah, I I probably need a little more intentionality, or I need to up my game in this area, would begin with prayer, um, and just recognizing the benefit of even considering this will versus work paradox. And that's something we actually see in scripture quite a bit. There's this idea of Philippians 2, 3, for example, talks about this where he, Paul says, "'God works in you to will and to work according to, good, to his good purpose.'" So let me say it one more time. God works in you to will and to work according to his good purpose. And for years, whenever I read this, I just glossed right over it. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It's just saying God's going to do what he's going to do. But one day it hit me, God's going to work in me in two ways, to will to do his good purpose, and then to be able to work to do his good purpose. So we've got to understand, this is really critical in illustration, that this ability to want to work, and then the ability to do the work of being an intentional, being intentional, We've got to seek the author of our faith to help us do this. And I just think a really great illustration of this is like electricity that's flowing through a house. For each of us, well, I'd say those of us in modern homes, hopefully Mm -hmm. that's all of us, um, there's energy, right? It's constantly flowing through the wires and the circuitry of our houses. But that does Mm -hmm. not mean that energy is being utilized. It's just there, but it's not being accessed. So there's a switch that needs to be turned on or either a cord that needs to be plugged in if we're going to access that power. Well, it's the same thing. So we've got to plug into God's power at work in our lives if we are to these two things, will and work according to his good pleasure, to be intentional in how we're going to pursue him. So a first key is to get into scripture, begin to pray for God to start to awaken the will and the capacity to be intentional. And I know this sounds like this is really trite. But Hannah, I'm just telling you, I've seen it work over and over again when I don't even have the want to do what he's leading me to. I'm like, God, you've you got to help me even just turn on the want. And mm-hmm. as I pray, I've seen in my life, the lives of others, he does. He actually shows up and begins to stir this desire to do that. Because the fact is that
0: power's there. We just got to tap into it. Mm, I love that analogy so much. The idea of electricity in our house And like the flip of a switch, like it's already there, it's already, or you're not utilizing all of it. Not that I'm recommending everybody turn on all their lights all the time. That's not (laughs) our recommendation. (laughs) Uh, No, but I just love that analogy. Okay. So what I am hearing you say is if we want to see the full measure of God's power at work in our lives, we really just need to start with God. It's that simple. Uh, For those that are feeling like this might be too basic, it is okay to feel stuck or like you've tried this before. Mm, But our encouragement would just be continue in obedience to turn on the power source. Sometimes we don't feel the power right away after we flip the light switch or we don't see the light immediately come on. But be patient, continue to pursue because it's coming.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, this idea, as we're talking about this, Hannah, of... of our will and our work, and needing to be intentional about those, but first knowing if we're even going to get there, that it's got to come from the Lord working in us. And I think it really helps when we begin to see those as as gifts from God, our will, and even our capacity to work are gifts from God. And we just have to get a little bit better at uh, learning to harness and engage those things. This is hilarious. Right now, my little dog is climbing on Taylor's lap. Sorry, (laughs) Taylor. (laughs) We're leaning up against her. It's very cute. Um, All right, we're going to press on. Um, Okay, and so on top of that, once we've really pressed in and asked God to begin to author this, ignite this. I think we've got to revisit that T-cycle that we've referred to. So for those who are just tuning in, the T-cycle is a a response pattern that has its roots in cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's T-E-A. The T cycle is an acronym. And if you've not listened to that, let me just go ahead and say, go ahead. We we invite you to jump back in. We've covered a lot of important topics in that. But as we talk about that T cycle, T-E-A, the T stands for thoughts, the E for emotion, and the A for action. And the reason that's important is because that cycle will so often follow our our actual response patterns in life and understanding sometimes why we're doing something, we can go back and unpack the emotion and the thought that fueled that action. So if to somebody who would look at their lives right now and say, gosh, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing intentionality demonstrated. I'm I might even say I'm falling short in this area or I'm not doing what I want to do. That's a really good place to go and unpack some of that T-cycle and say, what's happening? If your actions aren't where you want them to be, that's just not an independent variable out there in life. Like, oh, action is or isn't. Actions are the result of a couple of different variables happening and transpiring in our lives. And we are so much more informed when we go back and we unpack that. So here's a suggestion. If you were to think of your, your life as actually, and your actions of who you are, what you do, how this plays out. If you imagine that as the tip of an iceberg, remembering that 90% of an iceberg actually sits below the waterline. So what you see in your actions is just 10% of who you are, what's happening. It's a manifestation of a whole bigger picture of what's going on beneath the surface. So while the actions are visible, there's so much at play that's not, and to do this well, to drive ourselves, you talked about the cockpit a few minutes ago, Hannah, this idea, if we're going to navigate that cockpit, we've got to do so with some clarity of what's really happening. If I'm going to climb well, I kind of know how to navigate me as well as the journey that we're on. So this idea of coming and unpacking this. Um, so although we can't always just shut emotions on or off, we've got to really understand that they're a factor we have to consider and we can use that T-cycle to help start us. Help us recognize some of those patterns to think why we are believing and then feeling and acting the way we are.
0: So, I found it very helpful uh, in my life to think about emotions as indicators as to where we are. Um, it's kind of like a GPS showing where you are. Um, you know, when you pull up your phone, or you know, if you're still pulling up Google. Google maps on your, uh, laptop or your computer. Um, it's just the little indicator of where you currently are in your current location. Um, but it helps you understand where you are. It helps ground me. And, um, it, it doesn't mean I have to, uh, take that emotion to wherever it's going. Mm. So, um, it, it indicates this is where I am, but like, if it is, I am, on the highway to mad town, it doesn't mean I have to like go to, I'm going to punch a hole through the wall town <laughs> or revenge town. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of an indicator like, okay, I'm on the highway, but there's an off ramp and I have a decision to make. Am I going to respond to this emotion or am I going to, you know, you know, I heard reroute. somebody actually
1: just say the other day that though your emotions are real, they're not always true. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard it framed quite like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, absolutely. We sometimes will feel this. We're like, Oh my gosh. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm feeling it doesn't mean that it is an accurate, or healthy representation of what's really going on.
0: Yeah. Or when you have an emotion that you don't understand why you're Mm. like responding in that way, I know that for myself. um, Sometimes I would get to the middle of summer, and uh, you know, as I'm dealing with some difficult um, crisis situations throughout the school year with my job, uh, you know, something would happen during the summer that would make me very emotional, emotional meaning it would make me feel flustered and and feel like I needed to cry. And I would be sitting there asking myself, why in the world am I reacting or responding like this? And it made me realize, ding, 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 this is where you are. I don't think that you've processed something that happened earlier. Mm, And so it just, with that grounding, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this emotion. Let me take a couple steps back and ask myself why. So that's not exactly the T-cycle, but maybe just a helpful framework for anybody uh, that is listening. So it's also very helpful, I think, with the iceberg metaphor as we think about this, because um, I suspect many of us tend to look at our actions as the majority of the issue or the thing that we need to address when we talk about being more intentional but the fact is is that what lies beneath the surface may be actually 90 percent of the problem so claudia are there any examples or specific context you might have to help us better grab hold of this sure so one example that comes to mind immediately is procrastination Uh,
1: procrastination which is actually the evil nemesis of intentionality was actually dubbed the thief of time all the way back in the 1700s by a poet named edward young and while we tend to think of those who procrastinate as, as being lazy, right, they, they just can't get it together, they just don't care enough, the fact is that procrastination really is an emotional issue. Uh, it's not a self-control or an action problem as much as it is an emotional problem. In fact, Dr. Seidel and Saroy have likened procrastination to a poor attempt to adjust someone's mood. They're just trying to change their mood and they're using this as a means to do so. And although we think of procrastination very negatively, and kind of really actually in the shaming sort of way sometimes, it's really just another form of self-care. Remember, Hannah, when we talked about the inner protector when, a couple mm-hmm. episodes back, this idea of just trying to protect ourselves, well, this is just one way. We try to coddle ourselves. We try to address some of the emotional discomfort we're feeling because the fact is that those who procrastinate usually do so because they're trying to avoid something negative. Whether they're afraid of some of the shame or the doubt or the fear of failing, they're just trying to avoid some pain or discomfort, mm. just like we would avoid a pothole in the road ahead. And so this concept of avoiding discomfort is is just one example, just one way that we can see this phenomenon that we're talking about, where emotion actually matters in this conversation on intentionality. And I, I think it's just so critical because like this procrastinator, if we're not able to fully embrace this drive or desire for intentionality, then we've got to start there. We've got to see what's going on with our thoughts and with our emotions. It's not just an action issue. It can be sometimes, it can be things like lethargy or not feeling well, but it can also be because there's some sort of narrative that we're telling ourselves that enables us to put off being diligent and purposeful for a season. So it's really helpful to consider that iceberg that we're talking about. It really can be important as we try to
0: understand things that might be blocking intentionality. Mm. That's so helpful. Okay, I've never heard that perspective on procrastination. I feel like procrastination is only talked about really as like a shameful—you just have been avoiding yeah, because no, you're lazy and—but um, it's really probably masking a plethora mm-hmm. of other things, which makes me think about the T cycle. <laughs> right? Can't stop yeah. seeing everything through through the T cycle. So now we don't want to just talk about, you know, these important ideas and lifestyle shifts. We also want to be very practical in how we help you start implementing these things so that you can see real change in your life. Um, If you're not starting to see that um you know what are Claudia and I doing here we're right just a noisy gong over here so <laughs> um so on the practical side of things on our website which is growthpointperspective.com we have a worksheet that can be downloaded for anybody who would like some help just working through that t cycle so again that is growthpointperspective.com and um, we'll have everything linked in our show notes um but if you want to start actually exercising that T cycle, I'd encourage you just to to go check that out and actually utilize that. Um, I think that there are probably a lot of tools, um, that help us go from drifting to driving, but really Claudia, for you, any final recommendations on things that we can do to stop drifting and to start driving towards our greater, uh, even like productivity Yeah. There, you know, there really
1: is so much to say. And like you said, there's a lot of tools and resources. So for sake of time, I'll share two more suggestions. And this is for that person who can look at their life and say, gosh, I really, I just want a little more intentionality in who I am and how I live this out. And, and I want to reiterate as with most of the things we're going to be talking about on the show, these growth items are all process items. There's no instant, uh, you know, flip the switch and this is completely done. We're going to have to walk out, a lot of these and and it really does take time to kind of allow these patterns to really take root and that we want to be here to walk this out with you. Um, So one of the final suggestions is something that was actually popularized in that 2018 best uh, New York Times bestselling book, Atomic Habits. In fact, somebody was just stopping me the other day at physical therapy mentioning the significance of this book and exactly what we're talking about. And it's it's in this book where the author, James Clear, introduces this idea. It's called the principle of 1%. Um, And in it, Clear suggests that life's big changes um, or the big results we want or the big wins we're hoping for, they don't come from large-scale feats of excellence or some grand endeavor where we mm-hmm. just do something amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to recognize the importance of small, pattern steps, and that's the idea. It almost, it it seems it seems like it's just fun and more inviting to talk about something huge we can do and yet some of this is just walking out these day-to-day moments in fact as he was I need to do some rehab my shoulder I'm torn something and he's like Claudia take these small things you need to do and attach it to routines that are already there you've Hmm. got to just walk this out consistently and I just think you know for example if I were going to head down to Florida today I would not hop in press a few buttons and just instantly appear down in Florida no mile after mile after very long mile I would strategically make my way down to Florida. And it's the same with the journey of life. In fact, um, James Clear says, he uses this example in the book of a plane that's leaving LAX en route for the East Coast. And he says, if you make a three degree change as you're leaving that airport right there at LAX, that three degree change, which is nothing, actually, if you get to the East Coast, that's the difference between landing in New York City or down in D.C., uh, we're talking hundreds of miles apart. So that small little change, right as we're stepping into things, those small things we do, as they're played out over time, they can have a huge impact. So I know we all probably want these quick silver silver bullet remedies, but that's really just not how this works in so many instance, instances. So this idea uh, behind the principle of 1% is this. Don't try to run a marathon if you're just wanting to get off the couch and start exercising, <laughs> right? <laughs> start small because habits like financial investments tend to have a compound return of investment of interest over time. And on the surface, they can seem pretty insignificant, but the long-term yield is going to be far greater than sometimes some of these big swooping short-term changes we're going to try to make in the moment.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, like concepts for intentional living, but even, um, you know, to be intentional about who you put yourself around.
1: Mm, that's um, good.
0: Something that Christopher, my husband, is really good at um, is asking intentional questions to the right people. Because it's not just about asking the right question, but it is, it's about seeking out the person that is the right person to be asking that question to. And he always says that that's one of like the keys to life. Mm. But he is intentional to do that. If we're going to no, be around... Right. Uh, someone that knows a lot about money, then Christopher is going to ask him a lot about money. Mm-hmm. If you know it's somebody that has been a great dad, he's going to ask a bunch of dad questions uh, and things like that. So, um, you know, who you put yourself around, maybe what questions you're asking that person, um, is just another way that you, I know, love you that. can live intentionally. So, um, you know, as we're talking, I wonder if this is why a lot of people. Often quit new programs for exercise or plans for change. Um, it just is harder, I think, to bite off a whole cow <laughs> <laughs> and think you're going to eat it in one right, setting. Right, right. I really was thinking about my mom. Always said this growing up. I feel like I talk about my mom so much. Shout out to Darla. She's amazing. Um, but she would always say, "How do you eat an elephant one bite, one at, bite a time. at a time? Yeah. yeah, but who eats an elephant? <laughs> at least." in this culture who eats an elephant i don't know if other cultures eat elephants. that's hilarious
1: i've shared that multiple times
0: with my kids and yeah. i never thought to unpack like, yeah it would actually be eating right an elephant. it's right. just like what large animal <laughs> It would be difficult to eat <laughs> a great whale, <laughs> anyways. Um, yes, so you know, I, I just think that maybe that's why we tend to quit things that seem so big and grand. We've got to take it just a bite size at a time. Um, those small changes really actually form your life. Mm. Um, yeah, but we want quick
1: fixes, we do. I mean, I do. Oh, yeah
0: you give me the option for something i'm going to hit the easy button every single time oh for sure yeah you better believe that last week i was home alone for a couple of days and meaning i didn't have my husband at home i didn't have my daughter at home and i just realized like i don't want to cook for myself like i wanted the quick fix and you know when it's just about us that's actually when it's harder Uh, i said to christopher the other day our whole apartment was clean Ruth, Lu- sorry, Lucy's room, not Lucy's loom. <laughs> Lucy's room looked amazing. Christopher's clothes were put away. The kitchen was cleaned, you know, and then you looked at my closet and it was like a literal bomb went off and just messed up all my clothes because for the past week I'd just been putting thing after thing on top. And, um, I looked at him and I said, this is a physical example of, you know, you put everyone before yourself mm-hmm. and at the end oh of the
1: that is a great I can example. deal with the
0: mess. I can deal with my own mm-hmm. mess, but I'll take care of everybody else. Yeah. And no, really. That's a great example. I'm just going to have to put that away. And like, that, it will get unbearable at some point, but... My grandma always my grandma always said, it takes two minutes to put your clothes away at the end of the day. <laughs> and I haven't listened, but this is my intentional moment that I'm going to make that shift and, and put my clothes away along with Lucy's and Christopher's. <laughs> well, I mean, great point, though, that um, we can do a,
1: a lot of external things in helping others or even in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And, and on the surface, a lot of things can look like they're in place. And yet you open up mm-hmm. the veil, you know, the door to the closet and... And it's a mess. Uh-huh. And, and health and maturity as we grow in our faith, I think all that, the, the, the getting clarity on those issues, getting order in those areas, that's a whole part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're aiming toward. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've got one last recommendation mm-hmm. that I think really helps too as we think about this idea of intentionality and being productive. Sometimes for me, i got to know the why, the buy-in. Like, yeah, I probably should be doing this. I just don't even care enough to actually want to do that. Um, but when we get a sense of the why, and so I would just say to anybody out there who's kind of like, yeah, I probably, I'm feeling like some shoulds, so I probably should and I could, there's a drive, sometimes tapping into that why, just saying, God, give me a burden and a sense for the why. Show me what to drive toward. Ign-, again, this idea, ignite that fire in me that I'm driving toward the plan and purpose you have. Um, so Hannah, you know, I know we're bringing this to a close. Um, there's There's one really quick thing I want to share. And I know we're probably going over on this one. I, one time, gosh, we're talking at least two decades ago. So I'm, I'm had this dream and in the, in the dream, and I remember it so clearly, like it happened yesterday. Um, in the dream, I'm walking with a a dear friend of mine. And as we're walking, the earth begins to tremble and we're, we're in this area and the buildings, tall buildings around us begin to come down. And we just know instantly that, that things are going to get very bad very quickly. Hmm. Um, and we didn't walk through any of the pain of that. But in that moment, we were just kind of whisked through time and space. And we're put into this large room. And in this room, it's just brilliant, like bright, illuminating lights. And in the center is a ma- we're talking massive book, like seven feet wide. Um, and in I know we know instantly it's the Lamb's Book of Life. Hmm and you're just like what is happening like this is really a thing and so I'm with my girlfriend and she looks over at to see her name to find her name and and there her name is written down and so interesting that in the dream parenthetically there in parentheses is a number next to her name and that was the number of the children she had lost she had lost some babies Mm -hmm. and a little boy um named Carter and uh, those children had gone before her Mm -hmm. seeing her name and seeing her little children noted there parenthetically she took off and in that moment I'm like wait 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 we don't even know if I made the team am I am I in -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. and I I you know after she leaves I know she just wants to go meet her lord and see her babies and she's off and I look and I see my name and in that moment I wake up but I wake up I sit in bed I can't breathe and I'm like oh my gosh it's real this is all real. And have I lived my life like I really am going to stand before the book one day before the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. And I just was like, nah, I think I've been a really good person. But have I lived as though my creator is going to stand before me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'm not saying that that dream was from the Lord. I really don't know. Uh, I think he's used it over the years as a reminder, but that's always stuck with me. I'm like, I want no regrets when I'm standing there. I do not want to stand in his presence and be like, oh my gosh, I kind of, sort of, kind of believed this was going to happen, but I kind of actually didn't live that. I want to live saying I laid it all out because I'm going to stand before you and for all eternity and I, I want no regrets for having been haphazard. So for anybody listening, you know, for this idea of intentionality, sometimes it takes getting that fire and that mm-hmm. sense of, God, why... Why? What's the why? What am I supposed to chase after or be about? And inviting him to show that to us.
0: Hmm. I think that story is where we should end. There's nothing more that would make Mm -hmm. us sober up to the reality Mm -hmm. that intentionality is important than knowing the end of the story. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to check out today's show notes for more resources, links and helpful tools on today's topic. You can find these resources and more on our website at www.growthpointperspective.com. If this podcast has been at all impactful for you or someone, you know, let us know, leave us a review or send it to a friend who might need to hear about today's topics. And if you have any questions or an episode idea for us, or you want to get in contact with our team, email hello at growthpointperspective.com. Until next time, friends, go climb fierce.